Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for watching today's episode of Talking Sports with Evan. I want to thank you all for spending some time with me here as I recap the Packers' 24-10 victory over the Washington football team, give my thoughts and impressions on the game, and talk about some things that happened today both for, uh, for the Packers and will affect them coming up on uh, Thursday as they take on the Arizona Cardinals. I'm also going to t give a recap of where the NFL looks currently with uh, the standings and talk about if that team is legit or a pretender or a contender. I'm going to go through that a little bit too. Um, and before I go any further, before I do anything else, I want to spend a quick second to say thank you to everyone that took the time to um, text me, email me, Facebook message me, Facebook me, tweet at me. Happy birthday. I do appreciate it. Uh, yesterday, got to enjoy the Packer game uh, as I was off from work um, yesterday. I got to just sit at home, watch the game. Don't ha Didn't have to worry about doing anything else for the game except just watch it and uh, prepare for this show with you all here today. So, like I said, I want to say thank you to everybody who spent the time to wish me a happy birthday yesterday. It is greatly appreciated. Um, it's I, it's hard to reply back to everybody who uh, who sent me a message or commented. Uh, it was quite a few people. So if I don't individually message you back or thank you, uh, you know, don't take that personal. So, but you know, the Packers yesterday get to win over Washington and it was a little tougher than it probably needed to be. But at the end of the day, Washington is an NFL team as well. Um, and if you're watching this live and you want to comment your thoughts on the Packer-Washington game yesterday, feel free to leave them. Or you can tweet at me at Evan with Sports. If you're watching on Twitter, you can comment on the, on the, uh, the tweet that's showing the show. Otherwise, if you're on Facebook, you can, uh, you can comment uh, – on either post on Talking Sports with Evan or on my personal Facebook page as well. Your thoughts, your reactions to the Packers and Washington yesterday. And it was definitely an interesting game plan. I think that's safe to say. Uh, Packers ran the ball nine times between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Their longest runs of the day came from Economia St. Brown on a jet sweep with Dylan in the backfield and Aaron Rodgers uh, on a couple on a scramble. Those are the two biggest runs of the day for Green Bay. You know, I saw a lot of people um, commenting during and after the game about the Packers' lack of running the football and questioning that decision and whatnot. And here, here's kind of my thoughts on it. Washington has a very tough front four. A very tough front four. It's hard to run against Washington. Um, they're not great, per se, stopping the run, but they have a very tough front four, and the Packers struggled, especially at Garden Center, to get a lot of push on the run game, and a lot of that has to do with, uh, with uh, Allen, the big nose tackle for Washington. He is a monster, and he made Newman, Patrick, and Runyon all look bad at some point in the game. Uh, he had two sacks in the game, I want to say. One one with Patrick trying to block him and one with Runyon trying to block him. So you're not going to run the ball much or run the ball really well against 
the Washington front. You're just not. Yes, you need to give more effort. Yes, you need to give a little bit more effort. But what the Packers did yesterday is they turned their short passing game. Um, what Rodgers attempted 35 passes on the day, completing 27 of them. They turned that short passing game into their running game. Aaron Jones with five catches for 20 yards, um, averaging four yards a catch. That, that That's pretty much ident- the same as getting that running game going. And Jones is able to get some good yards, move the chains. It basically became attacking the perimeter of Washington's defense. I would have liked to see them try that end around again. Um, not necessarily with uh, Ekamania St. Brown. Granted, he did great on that play. But I would have liked to see that end around again. I think that's a, a play when you're playing a front like Washington. Um, you can get them... Um, uh, on that on that corner, and the other thing with Washington too, because the Packers weren't running the ball much, and they did they weren't successful, but they kept going play action as well. And I was rewatching part of the game today, and I I I noticed you know when I was watching live, I didn't quite get all the play action um, per se. But then rewatching the game a little bit, the uh, the reason why the Packers kept running a lot of play action was simple. Watch, rewatch it if you can. NFL Game Pass uh, is one of those things you can use. To me, it's worth the money. It's not as good as it's been in past years, but it's well worth the money. And when the Packers were to fake the handoff, the linebackers for Washington would crash and towards the line of scrimmage. Watch the first play, completed pass to Devontae Adams in the game. They faked the handoff to Jones. All three linebackers crashed the line of scrimmage, leaving Devontae Adams wide open, and Rodgers hit him. So the combination of Washington being overly aggressive, trying to defend the run, and just being very good up front, Washington did, I mean, the Packers did a good job of attacking Washington at their weakness, and that is in the passing game. Washington is one of the worst teams in the NFL this year in stopping in stopping the pass, and the Packers exploited that. They also got uh, Adam uh, Aaron, uh, Alan Lazard involved in the passing game. He had five catches for sixty yards and a touchdown. All came on the same drive. Um, their one long drive of the second uh, half that led to a touchdown. There was all Devontae Adams. I mean, I'm sorry, all Alan Lazard in that. Um, maybe, no, I'm sorry, first half. One of the long drives in the first half. It was all Alan Lazard. He caught every pass. They threw the ball five times on the drive, all five of them to Lazard. Randall Cobb got a little work underneath, three catches for 22 yards. Mercedes Lewis, three catches for 31. And then Robert Tanyan, four for 63 and a touchdown. So the, the Packers knew how they wanted to attack Washington. They knew where they wanted to attack Washington, and they did it. And, yes, I typically want to see them put a little bit more effort in running the ball. But in, with Washington, and you look at you look at how Washington has fared um, this season trying to stop the pass, it, 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 it makes no sense trying to run at them, and it makes sense attack, attacking the perimeter in the passing game. <clears throat> but th- that's just kind of my thoughts on the offense. I think the offense did fine. Um, defensively for Green Bay, um, Heineke, 
25 or 37 for 268. He is well, um, aside from Terry McLaren, McLaurin, who had uh, 17 yards uh, per catch average in the game. He mixed it up a lot and was mostly for uh, short passes. Adam Humphreys, three catches for 36 yards, 12-yard average. Other than that, everything else was Dinkin and Duncan. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, 6 for 51, 8.5 yards per catch. J- J.D. McKissick, 4 for 34, 8.5 yards per catch. Dax Mine, 2 for 16, 8 yards per catch. Antonio Gibson, 2 for 5, 2.5 yards per catch. So the the Packers, the Washington in the passing game did exactly what the Packers wanted them to do. They forced Washington to attack underneath. And they did a hell of a job getting tackles. Um, Campbell has been a great addition to the Packers this season. Um, Campbell, I think, has two missed tackles all year. He had a rough start to his Packer career in uh, against New Orleans. But after that, he uh, he settled in, and he, he is currently ranked with Pro Football Focus as a top middle linebacker in the NFL right now. His coverage is good. When people do catch against, uh, make catches on him, he gets them to the ground right away. He's good at reading and reacting. And he has been continuous to be a great addition to this Packer defense. And Goody did a great job bringing him in. I know LaFleur was a big, uh, had a big push and big say in getting Campbell to come to Green Bay. But Goody did a great job uh, bringing him in and signing him. I hope they can figure out somehow how to sign him long-term. I know the Packers' cap situation is not good, but I, I hope they're able to figure out a way to bring him in long-term because he's still young, too. I think Jalen Smith played a little bit better yesterday. Didn't play a great game uh, in his first game as a Packer, um, but I think he played much better um, against Washington. He was showing his speed off a little bit more. He forced the screen inside, but kept it from getting a big gain. Um he does need to read and react better. He should have had a sack on um, Heineke, who did a great job stepping up in the pocket. Unfortunately, no push. Um, the first half, there was little to no push whatsoever by the defensive line in the passing game. But uh, Smith did a great job blitzing Heineke, forced him to step up in the pocket, and Heineke made a great throw. And the coverage was right there. Stokes just unfortunately missed the uh, pass breakup and ended up being a a touchdown on Washington's opening drive. But I'm impressed with Campbell. I think Joe, uh, uh, Smith played much better. Burke seems to be playing halfway decent. And, uh, you know, that's all I got to say there. Dean Lowry has played great the last few weeks uh, on the interior of the offensive line. He is, uh, you know, he's doing a great job. And shockingly, because I'm not a big, to be honest, I'm not a big Dean Lowry guy. Um, I think you could do better than Dean Laurie, but I think he's played great the past few weeks. Kenny Clark, and he's on the injury report today with a knee issue, so that might be partially why he didn't have uh, a great game against Washington, but he got a lot of pressures, especially later on in the game. Against the run, the Packers could have done better, but Washington has a good offensive line as well. Um, but I think Kenny Clark could have done better against the run yesterday. But I think it's the pass. He had like, he had, he had like uh, seven, uh, seven or eight pressures from the inside. I want to say, Laurie had a bunch, and then Rashawn Gary. You, you just have to love how he has developed over the past three years to get to what you saw yesterday. He was truly disruptive. He dominated. He controlled 
that game. Ten pressures, two sacks, forced to fumble on the uh, Washington's opening drive in the second half, and he was just all over the place. He plays the run extremely well. He seals the edge fairly fairly well, and he he makes the quarterback's life a living hell. And I know a lot of people were critical of Gary when Rashawn Gary first got drafted as a 12th overall pick. It seemed like nobody wanted him in Green Bay. But at the end of the day, the Gary pick is working. And, yeah, he didn't do a lot his rookie year. He played more last year and showed some improvement last year. And this year he's been an absolute stud dominating the line of scrimmage and attacking the quarterback. And the sacks are going to come. And I, I, I've seen that complaint with Rashawn Gary now, which he got two sacks yesterday. Yeah, but he's not finishing. He's not, he's not finishing his rush. He's not getting the sack. Well, when you're a pass rusher, there's more to rushing the passer than just sacks, pressures, hurries, hits. That all adds up during the course of a game. You're not going to sack the quarterback every play. But if you pressure him, get him off his spot, force him to throw before he wants to, force him to have to tuck the ball and move and then try to re- re-throw, a lot of that can mess with the quarterback, and he start he can start seeing ghosts, as uh, you've heard. You know, um, I forget was that Sam Sam Darnold? Yeah, Sam Darnold made the comment a couple years back that it was like he was seeing ghosts start out there. You start seeing you know you start seeing things with the rush that's not really there, and you, you make mistakes. And you know, sacks to me, if they're not third down, if they don't force force a turnover, if it's not fourth down. To me, sacks are overrated because you get a sack on first down, they compete, complete a 20-yard bomb on second down. <clears throat> there you go. Now now the sack is uh, doesn't matter anymore. But unless it's third down or uh, fourth down or first, forces a turnover, sacks can be extremely overrated. There's more to impacting the game as a pass rusher than just getting sacks. And you saw it yesterday with Gary forcing the fumble. So... The other thing I want to comment on Gary, too, is now I've seen a lot of people commenting, too, because apparently nothing he can do is enough, is I'm seeing that it's about time. It's about time that he's finally doing something. He was drafted in the first round. He was drafted um, in the top 15. I am and we are expecting him to be a dominant player. And that's what we want to see. We want to see him be a dominant player right off the bat. But the thing is, it's not about your timeline. And yes, I would have loved Rashawn Gary to be an impact player, rookie year. But that's not why the Packers took him. They had Zadarius Smith. They had Preston Smith already. They brought in Rashawn Gary to be somebody that they could develop, be a situational guy early on, learn the ropes of the NFL, learn from Z, learn from Preston, learn from Mike Smith, how to be an NFL player, how to be an NFL pass rusher, and eventually he will be what we see now. The Packers did not draft Gary with the intent of him starting immediately. They drafted him, basically they're playing chess. They, They see what Gary could be if they develop him develop him right and they are and just because gary hasn't done it on your timeline that you as a fan made up that this is what you want to see gary do right now just because he hasn't done it on your timeline 
doesn't mean it wasn't a good pick. It doesn't mean he he's a bust. It means that he's do you know he. It doesn't mean that at all. Gary is doing this on the Packers timeline. This is the year when the Packers drafted him. They were anticipating him taking that jump because year one you had the Smiths. Year two you still had the Smiths, but you get him a little bit more playing time. Year three there's the possibility that at least one of the Smiths would be gone. Due to salary cap reasons, they both came back, but one isn't playing because of a back, and one missed his first start in his NFL career. Because of those two things, Gary has had to play a lot this year, and he is controlling games, and that's what we need from an edge guy. Kyle Fracco had 10.5 sacks one year. Did he make an impact outside of those? No. Julius Peppers had 10 sacks, uh, I think, one of his years in Green Bay. Did he make much? Did he make so much of an impact besides that? No. Uh, the Smiths, year one, a lot of pressures, a lot of hits, a lot of hurries. Last year, that dropped a little bit. This year, Rashawn Gary, a lot of hits, a lot of pressures, a lot of hurries. And like I said, just because Gary has not developed on the timeline that you had in your head on what you wanted to see from him, it was the right choice. And anybody the Packers took, number 12, as an edge guy, when they three years ago when they drafted Gary, the same thing would have been done if they took burns from uh, the from florida state who carolina took he likely wouldn't get a lot of impact year one maybe a little bit more year two and by year three they would expect him to be in every every down player now unless he forced his hand to make the packers have to play him that was going to be the plan regardless of the edge guy that the packers took if they took an edge guy at 12 that was going to be be the plan all around and I, I hear too, following the you know about the defense in the game that you know, and I, I even made the comment in you know in reaction last uh, last night too, after seeing what Heineke did to Green Bay, that Kyler Murray is going to feast potentially on this Packer defense. But at the end of the day, it's about your game plan beating who's in front of you. And yesterday's game plan was to beat Heineke, and he got some. Uh, some of uh, game plays with his legs. This game plan is going to be to try to stop Kyler Murray, and they're going to have to do it without Joe Barry calling the plays, but that's going to be the plan, and I'm sure they're going to have something in mind, something in planned, uh, in plan. Um, they're going to have something in mind, something planned to try to slow down Kyler Murray a little bit. Is it going to be successful? I don't know, but we'll see on Thursday when uh, probably – uh, Gray, the Packers' secondary coach, is the one that is um, calling the plays on defense. So, But Packers also had four stops in the red zone, three points and uh, four tries is what they allowed in the red zone. Red zone, and I know they were helped by Heineke being you know, kind of stupid. So I don't have to like the rule. Common sense that Heineke scored the touchdown, yes. But the way the rule is written, and this is the same thing it was with Aaron Rodgers last year against Tampa Bay, at Tampa Bay in the regular season, the way the rule is written, when a quarterback um, slides, feet first, he obviously he's down wherever his feet first touch. That's where the ball is, um, where the ball is when his feet touch. When a quarterback dives head first, the quarterback is giving himself up and he is down as soon as that knee touches. 
that I don't have to like it, but that's the rule. That is the rule in place. Well, the, the knee is where the ball is, where the knee touches, that is where the ball is placed. The quarterback gave himself up. Like I said, it bit the Packers on the ass last year in Tampa Bay. When Rodgers had what would have been a touchdown, instead he dove, his knee touched before he crossed. Packers had to try it all over again from where the knee touched, and I believe they scored, ended up scoring a touchdown, but still. That's the way the rule book is, and I know, like I said, we don't have to like it as football fans, but that's the way the rule is. And Heineke should have known that. He had an easy touchdown. I don't know why he dove to the ground uh, dove so early. <laughs> he had the easy touchdown if he keeps attacking the corner. But maybe that's an example of a quarterback not quite understanding or being comfortable in, in situational football. You know, because Rodgers pretty much did the same thing last week where he was running it in like that, and he had the corner, and he just ran it in. He didn't try to dive. He didn't try to slide. He just ran the ball in. Touchdown. That's what Heineke needed to do. And it could have been a totally different game if that's what Heineke did. Possibly. But we'll never know now because Heineke decided to take the dive. And then the other play, the uh, fourth down play that the Packers got the stop on, Heineke needs to take better control of the football. By rule, his forward progress was stopped. Um, when the, Basically, he tried pushing, putting the ball across. Ball got knocked out. He got it back and tried reaching out again, and he got stopped at first trying to reach the ball back across. At that point, at that point, the, the play's done. The forward progress was stopped. Uh, Gary did a great job in stopping that forward progress, and the play was over. So, again, don't have to like it, but that's how it is. That's the rule, and it bit Washington in the butt, and the Packers got their first stop in 16 tries in the red zone, be it uh, difficult. So, that that's my thoughts on the game. Well, I want to get your thoughts. You can tweet at me at Evan with sports. You can comment in the comments. You can email me talking sports with Evan at gmail.com. So with that, Siri keeps bothering me today. Apparently she thinks I'm asking her questions, but I'm not I'm trying to do this show here, but she keeps interrupting me rudely. So now Devante Adams Joe Barry out likely on Thursday due to testing positive, well, likely testing positive for COVID. We don't know if they tested positive or not, but they're on the COVID list, which being vaccinated, it's likely because they were positive tests. But it sucks not having Devante. We want Devante on the field. I'm not going to say they might be better off not having Devante in this game, but because it's going to teach them, it's going to show force the other guys to have to step up, and it might be good. No, I want Devontae on the field at all times. I don't want – yes, I get Rodgers' quote forces it to Devontae sometimes, but if Devontae is open, throw him the damn ball. Even if you don't think he's open, throw him the damn ball. He is just on a tear this season. And the reason why he didn't set the – NFL record for catches in a season was he missed a couple games last year due to injury. Um, maybe that'll keep him from that, but ultimately, I want to see Devontae get healthy, get better, get well, and we'll see what Devontae can do um, once he's able to play, um, see if there's any kind of 
uh, slowness and trying to come back after dealing with COVID. Um, hopefully, being that he's vaccinated, he won't get affected too hard by it. But I know he did just have a, a baby not long ago. So that is a little concerning as well. But speedy recovery to Joe Barry and uh, Devante as they are dealing with uh, with COVID right now. So moving on, talk a little NFL standings. And if I think they're legit or not, going to start with the AFC East. Start with the AFC and start with the East. That division is currently looking with you have Buffalo at four and two leading the way, giving up just ninety eight points all season long. New England sitting at three and four. Don't need to talk about the other two teams in that division. Is Buffalo legit? Yes. Buffalo is a legit team. Josh Allen is playing great football at quarterback. Stephon Diggs is a great wide receiver. Their defense plays extremely well. Yes, they're legit. New England, no. They they're a five to me, New England, and I know you can't finish five hundred this year, but New England is a five hundred football team at best. Um, with the rookie quarterback, some injuries they've had, um, with the defense. New England is a five hundred team. Jump to the West, you have the Raiders at five and two, Chargers at four and two, Chiefs at three and four, Broncos at three and four. The Chargers to me are legit. Um, the Raiders, I'm not 100% sold on yet. Um, <clears throat> the problem with the Raiders is this. They had a good start. They had a bit of a rough couple games. And they've had two wins in a row now since John Gruden uh, stepped down due to his stupid emails. Um, and he it's not stupid he had to step down or was fired because of the emails. It was stupid that he even sent them, for those that might be confused. They've had two very emotional weeks in a row without Gruden. We'll see how that plays long-term. And the Chiefs, I don't know what to think of the Chiefs. Their offensive line isn't playing good. Their defense isn't playing good. Mahomes is trying to be Superman, and he keeps forcing everything down the field, um, throwing interceptions instead of taking what is available to him. He keeps trying to chuck it down the field. The Bengals and Ravens both sit at 5-2. and two. The Browns at four and three. Steelers at three and three. I don't think the Bengals are, are truly legit yet. Their defense is very good. As Packer fans, we saw that a couple weeks ago when the Bengals were, what, two missed field goals away from being six and one right now, and the Packers sitting at um, five and two. We were two missed field goals away from that. Bengals' defense is good. The, the question is, is their offense that good? Um, Chase has been an incredible receiver. I didn't think I knew he was going to be a good receiver in the NFL. I just didn't think he would be this good this quickly after sitting out all of last year. I I just didn't think he would be, but he has been everything <clears throat> advertised and then some in Cincinnati. The Ravens are legit. Um, they just got punched in the mouth by Cincinnati quite extensively yesterday. But I think the Ravens are legit. The Browns. Have to get the injuries taken care of, and we'll see. Um, the Titans, to me, are their only real contender out of the South right now at 5-2. and two. Running game with Henry is running strong right now. He has also had a touchdown pass yesterday. The Colts, I don't know. They, To me, they're either going to be one game under 500 or one game over 500. They're not 
they're not going to light the world on fire. Uh, and I, I don't really know what to think of them. The NFC East Cowboys currently sit at five and one, and I truly do believe they are legit. Um, Dak Prescott's playing football at a very high level. The defense has improved, and that's a very explosive and very dangerous offense that the Cowboys have. Um, the Cardinals sit at seven and zero, and the Rams sit at six and one. Yes, both both, both their, those teams are legit. To me, that's the number one and number two ranked team in the NFL right now, in the Cardinals and the Rams. Um, they're that good. Um, we'll see the Cardinals up close and personal uh, <clears throat> on Thursday, and we'll see the Rams in about a month. And, yes, they are legit. The Seahawks, without Russell Wilson, they're definitely uh, done at sitting at 2-4. and four. Even with Russell Wilson, I think there's too much question mark surrounding Seattle. Packers sit at 6-1. and one. Yes, the Packers are legit. They've won the NFC they, they, sorry, they were one of the final two teams standing in the NFC the last two years. And, yes, they are a legit team. Um, Buccaneers sit at 6-1. and one. Yes, they are legit. And then you got the Saints at 3-2. and two. You know, the Saints are, Saints are interesting. Um, defensively, they're still playing extremely well. Offensively, I think they're still learning how the offense is going to look with um, Jameis Winston being the guy. So... Those are my thoughts. The audio version of this podcast will be posted tomorrow everywhere podcasts are found. Um, for those tuning in here late and they just want to listen to me instead of looking at me, um, why I do this show. Um, I do rec- you know I do uh, encourage you to follow me on Twitter at Evan Witt Sports and uh, share share the show with your friends and let's. It'll help me build a following. I will have a show later on in the week, uh, maybe two shows. I might do a show Wednesday previewing Packers, Cardinals, and I'm likely going to do a show Thursday, probably right around kickoff, a little before kickoff, talking some Milwaukee Bucks. So with that said, thank you all for listening. I will get back at you uh, later this week, and I hope you all have a safe and wonderful rest of your night. Have a good one, everybody. And once again, thank you so much for all the birthday wishes.